You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. feel like who art ed. Try to spice it. Who art ed? Mr. Wood, art ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, weekly art history for all ages. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. Just a quick reminder, if you're listening on a platform like Amazon Music, which supports episode-specific cover art, you can see an image of the artwork in the app as you're listening. And of course, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else that allows listeners to leave ratings, please give me a nice rating or review to make me feel better about myself and to help others discover the show. Now, I decided to make this episode today because as I'm recording, it's back to school season, and as an art teacher, I often reflect on what I'm doing in my classroom, I think about my own educational experiences, and what I want my students to get out of my class, and my thoughts started to drift back to my early days in art school. Back when I was a student at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, I used to regularly walk through the museum for inspiration. There are tons of great works of art in their collection, but there was one piece that I would repeatedly find myself sitting, staring at longer than just about anything else. In those days, I would say my painting style was basically off-brand post-impressionistic, but I kept staring at this work that looked nothing like the Impressionists. The Earth is a Man by Roberto Mata is this strange sort of surreal, abstracted landscape. It would seem to allude to familiar pieces like the sun or maybe a volcano. There are drips of paint and lines that look like an industrial designer's first draft, and there are organic shapes that just seem to melt into one another. From a distance, you could squint and see flowers, but up close, you see through layers and layers of paint, combining so many things that seem totally unrelated. It's both familiar and completely alien. It shouldn't work, and yet it does. He somehow unifies it all. As a young art student, I spent a long time sitting, staring at that work, and even more time with it running through my head. And so today... We're looking at Roberto Mata. Roberto Mata was born in Santiago, Chile on November 11th, 1911. That's right, his birthday was 11-11-11. While he was Chilean, in a very real way, his life, like his art, transcended boundaries. Mata was born, as I said, in Chile. His father was Chilean, but his mother was Spanish. While this was a period where much of the Chilean economy was rough, The Mata family was comfortable financially. Roberto had what sounds like a nice childhood. His mother encouraged his interest in the arts, language, literature. The family was devoutly Catholic, and he attended traditional Jesuit schools. From 1929 to 1933, Roberto Mata studied architecture and interior design. While his education may have been 
rather traditional and conservative, his style was a bit wild by the standards of the day. In his final year of school, he designed a fantastical project he called League of Religions as a takeoff the idea of a League of Nations. He imagined a space where people of all the world's religions could come together to confer and learn from one another. In this work, we see him start playing with biomorphic forms in his design, meaning the structures were inspired by the forms of living things. Now, because this is a show for all ages, I do want to unpack that a little bit for clarity. Shapes generally fall under two broad categories. We call all the precisely defined shapes, like squares, circles, triangles, geometric shapes. The curvy, irregular shapes found in nature are called organic shapes or biomorphic shapes because organic and bio both indicate that they're inspired by living things. The final bit of vocabulary to understand there is that shapes are two-dimensional, and when they become three-dimensional, like a cube, we call those forms. As he wrapped up his schooling, Mata was designing buildings that looked like biomorphic forms, rather than the typical geometric designs one might normally expect from architecture, which is a field of art that is very engineering-heavy. Shortly after that ambitious project, Mata left his comfortable home and conservative school. He joined the Merchant Marines to see the world and settled down in Paris. There, he apprenticed under the influential modernist architect Le Corbusier, or as he would refer to him, Corbu. He spent about two years working in Corbusier's studio, and Corbu was not the only major artist Mata came to know during this period. He befriended avant-garde Latin American writers like Pablo Neruda and Frederico Garcia Lorca. Lorca actually introduced him to Salvador Dali, and Dali introduced him to André Breton, who recognized Mata's talent and invited him to join the Surrealists. And right around this same time, Mata helped to design the Spanish Republican Pavilion at the Paris International Exhibition of 1937. This was the same exhibition where Picasso debuted Guernica. That painting, which I would argue is Picasso's best work, was tremendously influential on Mata's artistic development. Guernica was a mix of intellectual, formal abstraction, as well as heart-wrenching imagery with emotional resonance and powerful social commentary. Mata learned from poets, architects, cubists, and surrealists like Dali. Another major influence of his was Marcel Duchamp, the multidisciplinary artist and general nuisance to anyone trying to impose any sort of rules or order. Mata's work would similarly mix things up, cutting across the typical boundaries of different artistic movements. He adopted some of the Surrealists' methods, such as automatic drawing. The idea was that one's subconscious thoughts and feelings could be revealed by allowing the hand and the wrist to move, writing or drawing without planning or filtering the designs through the conscious mind. And all of these ideas of exploring the unconscious mind and everything like that, um, the Surrealists were really inspired by the writings of Sigmund Freud, who was coming up with his theories right around this time. Mata created what he called 
the psychological morphologies, starting in the late 1930s. He studied organic patterns of growth, and he looked at plants under a microscope, integrated these organic shapes into large, abstract paintings with forms that seemed to morph and change in a strange sort of multidimensional space. It looks like an abstracted landscape, but Mata would refer to these pieces as inscapes, suggesting they were a depiction of the interior space in the artist's mind. In 1939, Roberto Mata fled Europe and came to America. He, like so many other people, fled Europe because of World War II, of course. By this point, he had established himself in surrealist circles, and when he arrived in New York, the up-and-coming artists, who would later become prominent abstract expressionists like Pollock, Gorky, and Motherwell were eager to talk shop with him. As World War II ravaged Europe, Mata's work began to look more outward. He broke from the surrealist emphasis on the subconscious and began making what he called social morphologies. His works were still abstracted landscapes and things like that, but with drawn elements seeming like vaguely mechanical forms, sort of in conflict with organic forms. The spaces were vague and amorphous, and yet there was a sense of space through the layering and allusions toward geometric planes. His works borrowed techniques and some characteristics of surrealism and abstract expressionism, but in shifting his focus from the inner world of personal psychology toward the outer world of politics and society, he fell out of favor with the surrealists. And by embracing figures, symbols, and story, he fell out of favor with the abstract expressionists. Throughout his works, we see elements he has taken from diverse influences mashed up into a style that's bold, fresh, and innovative. And while it has something for everyone to enjoy, it also has a little something for everyone to dislike. I think that's probably why Mata never really got his due. I mean, he was fairly successful and very influential, but let's face it, he's not a household name. But for Mata, the point was to always keep moving, pushing the envelope, and exploring new ideas. In a lot of ways, Mata is my go-to example for what art is all about. He took in ideas and inspiration, not only from fellow artists, but from science with his studies of plants. He read poetry, philosophy, and theoretical physics. I've long said that art is the most significant development in human history because art is the process of innovation. It's not only a mirror to our world, it gives us a glimpse of the world as it could be. Roberto Mata is one of the artists who helped shape my understanding of the nature and purpose of art. And I think it's only fitting to end this episode with the words of Mata himself. He said, quote, a landscape is at peace whenever there's no visible catastrophe. And yet, ecologically, it's violent and devouring. One must grasp what lies behind appearance.
This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.